Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. It's good to be with you. I pray that you're well. I really pray that you're well during this pandemic of coronavirus. Stay well, stay healthy, be smart, take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones. But I beg you, if you can go to Mass, you're the most bishops have lifted any obligation for Mass, including Sundays. Um, Not everyone's able to go. Not everyone should go. But um, I would beg, I'd beg on my knees, those bishops that have canceled the Masses, uh, to please, please open your churches, but also have Mass. The Polish bishops have increased their Masses um, the number of masses, because by that they know the faithful, they sheep. We need to go to mass. We need our Lord. We need Him in the Blessed Sacrament. And if there's more masses, not fewer, then the sheep can be scattered and not be so um, piled in at one mass or two masses a day. That would be the way to do it. I saw a video of one priest, but I heard there was more than one going through Italy with the Blessed Sacrament and the Koopa following him, blessing everyone that would dare be out in the street. It's so beautiful to see that. Bishops, we beg you, we beg you, we beg you to not shut the masses down. Um, You're not doing it for our good. No, you're not. Uh, You're not doing it for our protection. You may think that, but what you're doing is devastating us. You're devastating the sheep that they cannot go to Mass when we need it more now than ever. Pope Gregory the Great uh, never shut down Mass during the plague of his time, and he went through the streets like Bishop Strickland is doing with Eucharistic processions. That's what should be happening now. We should be showing, pointing people to God, showing the power of God. It's unthinkable that Masses would be shut down. It's just unthinkable, and yet... I know unless in in at least three large dioceses the bishops have have uh, stopped the masses. Uh, it it you're 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 killing your sheep instead of give, pointing them to God instead of giving them the resource that they need during this time, especially in Lent. Um, you're devastating them. You're taking them away from the food that gives eternal life. Never do that. Never do that. And for those bishops that are uh, demanding that communion be received on the hand, you know, I I can't imagine receiving our Lord on my hand. I cannot imagine. I entered the church in 95. I've never, ever, ever uh, had him uh, ask for him to be put on my hand. It's enough that he can be put on my tongue. I I don't want to handle him. I just, it it's a... I don't know what to call it. It's just awful. It's been proven medically that receiving on the hand 
is or on the tongue, they're equally susceptible, if any of them are susceptible. But the fact is that if you uh, give communion on the tongue in the proper manner, it is actually safer than on the hand because you put communion on the hand, the hand is all full of viruses, doorknobs uh, entering the church, holding the pews, it's full of viruses. And then the your sheep pick it up with their other hand and put it in their mouth. That is much more dangerous. Maybe bishops want to, or priests want to protect themselves in not touching the tongue of someone. Number one, you, you, you should be protecting your sheep. And secondly, if it's done properly, you never have to touch anybody's tongue. Um, and you can teach your people how to do that. You can also teach them that the norm is to receive on the tongue. It's not the exception. Receiving communion on the hand is the exception. It's allowed, but it's not preferred, and it's not the norm. Reception on the tongue is the norm. And um, if you wish to have some support for this, um, Bishop Athanasius Snyder wrote a good article on this, and it appeared in LifeSite News, and it's it's quite recent. You can find it or People, you can find it and show it to your priests and show it to your bishop. So we beg you, communion on the tongue and don't take the Mass from us. Don't take the Mass from us. The, the, those who have prophesied the times of the future, Our Lady in all different appearances and saints have said that in the end times the Mass will be suppressed well, we may be in those times, but shame uh, shame on us if the church is the one suppressing the Mass. It's one thing for the world to suppress the Mass. The, the, um, the godless world, uh, socialism, to close churches and all of that, that's one thing where we, where we need to find a way to meet underground or in homes. But for our shepherds to be betraying the church... And betraying the sheep is is more awful than anyone of us could have thought of. And the, for the mass to be suppressed because of a virus, uh, however contagious, however it's spreading, is um, it's just unthinkable. You don't have to have the sign of peace. You don't even have to have people... Uh, having the verbal responses allowed, they could respond in their heart. You don't have to have singing. You don't have to have means of verbal communication, uh, if because that's the way the virus is, it can be spread. You don't need to do that. You just have the mass, and of course, if you're a Latin parish, you have the mass uh, that way. There's no need for responses allowed. The people pray along with the entire mass. So, um, I don't know what else to say except we beg you. As sheep, we beg you. And if you have canceled the Mass in your diocese, we beg you to um, uh, to have the Mass again. We beg you to have the Mass again. Not just televised, but to let people come to Mass and to receive our Lord. Um I don't know what else to say. You could read through history. I could read you the quotes of Pope Gregory and other bishops uh, through the ages, saints who have spoken about this. I have to, 
I have to look them up. I've seen some of them. What else can a sheep do but beg the shepherd? And if the shepherd said, we're doing it for your good, the sheep can well say, how is that, dear shepherd? How are you doing it for our good? Well, we're afraid you'll catch the virus. I'd rather have our Lord than be afraid we catch the virus. This time should not be a time of isolation and protecting ourselves. It should be a time of drawing near our Lord and having no fear, not presumption, but having no fear, at least for Mass, and at least on Sundays, at least on Sundays. It's, it, it's as if we're living in the middle of twilight zone, in the middle of a bygone error that we pray will never happen again, and it's happening before us. And again, it's by our own priests and bishops and shepherds Those are the ones that are keeping us from our Lord. Those are the ones that are betraying us by closing the Mass and by giving in to all sorts of debauchery. You may think that this is being disrespectful from a sheep, but I tell you what, I'm only, um, I'm not instructing you, I'm begging you. It's the heart of a sheep that is deeply sick at the decisions you're making. You're not helping the sheep to go strong. You're making the sheep sick and weak and confused and angry and ill-fed. We can only beg you we don't know what else to do. We have prayer, but we have no power to make you do anything. We ask the Holy Spirit to work in your hearts to convert you and not close these things down. Your power is being misused, dear bishops. Your power is being misused and you're hurting the sheep. Oh, beloved, there's the music for our first break. And when we come back, um, we'll return to the sermon on St. Francis de Sales for Lent on the subject of temptation. Um, and then after our second break, we will take your calls, your emails, um, uh, and your text. The number to call in toll-free is one 511 5483 or you may email at mother at We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. 
Hi, this is Jim Wright, President of the Station of the Cross. Our 2020 Spring Appeal is officially underway. Please consider a sacrificial donation to help us spread the gospel. The theme of our appeal is Changing Lives in 2020. In the coming weeks, you may receive a mailing that shows the great gifts you can receive as a Spring Appeal donor. You can also view the gifts by visiting thestationofthecross.com. Your generosity will help us develop our programming, expand our outreach efforts, and continue to grow. To support our mission, please call 1-877-711-8500, 1-877-711-8500, or go to thestationofthecross.com. Use the donation page from your iCatholic Radio mobile app, or use a return envelope from one of our mailings. Your support will change lives in your community and beyond. Thank you, and may God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, dear ones. Um, I am thrilled to be here with you, and we're going to read just a little more of St. Francis de Sales on temptation um, during Lent. Um, uh, he's given five lessons so far, and I know I can't go back on them, but they are St. Francis de Sales sermons on Lent, and the book is available. Um, you can get it just about any Catholic bookstore, uh, maybe uh, a great mass general bookstore, uh, on Amazon, online, many, many places. He's on now to the sixth lesson, and he says it's drawn from um, the Psalms, where the prophet asserts that those so armed will not fear the noonday devil. That is Psalm 91, or in the old numbering Psalm 90, which we pray every single night at Compline. Let me reread that. The sixth lesson is drawn from the same psalm, which is 91 or 90, depending upon the scripture you have, where the prophet asserts that those so armed will not fear the noonday devil. That is, that spirit which comes to tempt us in broad daylight. I am very familiar with how St. Bernard explained this passage, says St. Francis de Sales, but I wish to speak only on what is more to my purpose. This spirit, which walks in broad daylight, is that which attacks us in the fair noontide of interior consolations. Listen to this. We want consolations, but there's a spirit that attacks us in the noontide of interior consolations at the time when the divine Son of Justice so lovingly sends forth His rays upon us and fills us with so agreeable a warmth and light, a warmth which inflames us with so delightful and tender a love that we die to almost everything else so as better to enjoy our well-beloved this divine light so so illumines our heart that it feels itself entirely open to the Savior's heart. 
a heart which drop by drop gives so sweet a liquid and so fragrant a perfume that it cannot be appreciated enough by this lover who is always languishing for his love. She does not want anyone to come and trouble her in her repose, which in the end terminates only in the vain complacence, in the vain complacency she takes in it. For she admires the goodness and sweetness of God, but in herself and not in God. To her, solitude is very desirable at this time, so as to enjoy the divine presence without any distraction. Yet, now listen to this, beloved, yet she does not really desire it for the glory of God, but only for the satisfaction which she herself experiences in receiving these sweet caresses and holy delights issuing from this well-beloved heart of the Savior. This is so important. That is how the noonday devil deceives souls, transforming himself into an angel of light and causing them to stumble. For they entertain themselves with these consolations and vain delights in the complacency they draw from these tender feelings and spiritual delights. Yet whoever will be armed with the shield of truth and of faith will overcome these enemies as courageously as all the others as King David promises in that very psalm, beloved. I doubt not, says St. Francis, I doubt not that many prefer the end of today's gospel to its beginning. It is said that after our Lord had overcome his enemy and rejected his temptations, angels came and brought him heavenly food. What joy to find himself with the Savior at this delicious feast. My dear friends, we shall never be capable of keeping company with him in his consolations, nor be invited to his heavenly banquet if we are not sharers in his labors or sufferings. This is not for some people, beloved. This is not for saints or would-be saints. It's for every one of us who God has created to be a saint. Our Lord fasted 40 days, but the angels brought him something to eat only at the end of that time. These 40 days, as we said just now, symbolize the life of the Christian of each one of us. Let us then desire these consolations only at the end of our lives. And let us busy ourselves in steadfast resistance to the frontal attacks of our enemies. For whether we desire it or not, we shall be tempted. If we do not struggle, we shall not be victorious. Nor shall we meet the crown of immortal glory, which God has preserved for those of us who are victorious and triumphant. Let us fear neither the temptation nor the tempter. For if we make use of the shield of faith and the armor of truth, they will have no power whatsoever over us. Let us no longer feel, let us no longer fear the three terrors of night. And let us not entertain the vain hope 
of being or wishing to be saints in three months. Let us also shun both spiritual avarice and the ambition which occasion so much disorder in our hearts and so greatly impede our perfection. The noonday devil will be powerless in causing us to fail in our firm and steadfast resolution to serve God generously and as perfectly as possible in this life, so that after this life we shall go to enjoy him, Christ our Lord, forever. You see that? I'm going to read that sentence again. It's the end of our paragraph. It's the end of our section. It's the end of our St. Francis de Sales' second sermon for Lent. He says, The noonday devil will be powerless in causing us powerless in causing us to fail in our firm and steadfast resolution to serve God generously and as perfectly as possible in this life so that after this life we shall go to enjoy him forever. May he be blessed. Amen. Beloved, this is possible for each one of us, for each one of us. In fact, there's a book titled, let me get our markers so we know where to start tomorrow, and tomorrow's uh, subject will be on faith. On faith, beloved. You say, I don't have enough faith. Well, you have what God has given you. We have all that we need, by the way. It's a question of using it thanking him for excuse me and growing in it we have all things pertaining to life and godliness we don't have to get them we have them we have them at our baptism we we have them increased um at our uh, confirmation but we have them if we've been baptized into Christ we have all things um, what is avarice, some have asked. As avarice is excessive or insatiable desire for wealth or gain. Greediness. Cupidity. Cupidity. A synonym for avarice is acquisitiveness. Um, avidity, same thing. Covetousness. Uh, graspingness. Greed. That's what avarice is. It's greed. Greediness. Mercenariness. Um, rapicity, rapicity, it is greed. You want everything. That's not a virtue. Um, it's going to hinder you. It's going to hinder you. And the, the, I guess the cure is gratitude. It's the cure for just about everything. A priest taught me that once. Excuse me, it's a cure for, um, Anger for depression, for avarice, um, for every need. If we're grateful, we can't be grateful and greedy at the same time. We can't be grateful and angry at the same time. We can't be grateful and disappointed at the same time. We can't. We can be grateful at one moment and angry or disappointed at the other but we can't be at the same time. And if we live a life of gratitude, not for the things we want, we don't, 
that we don't have, excuse me, in my hiccups. But for what we do have, what do we have? Life and breath and a heart to love God and a path to the, to the kingdom. What do we lack? We have food, we have shelter. If we're homeless, we don't have shelter. But we, and, and hopefully people will help us. Hopefully we won't judge or look down on the homeless. Hopefully we'll reach out and help them. You know, sometimes I've had my wallet stolen, I've had other things stolen, and and of course it's a shock at the beginning, but I pray to God that whoever stole what was mine, money, anything else, needs it more than I do, and that the very act will bring them to God. That's what I pray. You see? Um... That's why our Lord could say to the Philippians through the Apostle Paul, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And if you go on to verse 8, it says, Whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is of good report, uh, and it goes on with other adjectives, whatever is good and lovely and holy, think on these things. That's to have gratitude. Think on these things. Don't say yes, but think on these things. Well, I've let my request be known to God. He hasn't answered them. That's because he's a perfect father and his ways are perfect. How many of your children have asked for things that you know were not good for them? And you've said, no, sweetheart, not now. Or no, not for a few years. That child is devastated. Why, 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 why? Have you heard the child's request? Of course. Do you love the child? Of course. Will you make sure the child gets everything he or she needs? Of course you will. But you will not allow the child to have what it wants, when it wants, and how it wants, if it's not good for that child. Same thing with God. He's a more perfect father than any human father could be. There's the music for our second break, beloved. We will be back for your calls, your texts, your emails, and again, the toll-free number to call or text, one 511 5483 or email at mother at stationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. 
The Catholic Current on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. These were the men and women of genius and heroism. We have to look at these men and women and see what it was in them that made them such giants of history. And we will discover that it was nothing other than the truths of eternal Catholicism. Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and we have a whole half hour to ourselves. And you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart. It doesn't have to be what we're speaking about. The, the, uh, heart, of the, matter, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So the toll-free number to call or text is one 511 5483 or you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a text from Pat who says, There's a guy I know who does not believe in any afterlife. He says that we have no reason to believe that we have souls. What is the basis for our belief in the existence of the human soul? Well, the basis for our belief is the story in Genesis where God made Adam from the dust and breathed into him, and he became a living soul. So man is made in the image of God, and he is body and soul. And so the soul is the life principle in man. And um, if if the gentleman, your friend, says we have no reason to believe that we have a soul, I would ask him what dog or cat or animal um, it can come up to him and say such a thing, I don't think I have a soul, he's not capable of it. Why? Because they don't speak. Why? Because they don't, they can't reason like we can. Why? All of that. That's the soul. That is because we're made in our, God's image with the ability to think and to reason and, and to have will. Um, without the soul, he would just be a dead blob of flesh and whatever other organs he has. So the soul is the life principle. It doesn't mean that we are um, united with God, that we have his spirit in us yet, but we do. The soul is simply our life principle. And um, you can go yourself or direct your friend to a catholic.com, Catholic Answers, and they have an article here exactly what exactly is a soul and um the back of the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church defines soul as the spiritual principle of human beings. The soul is the subject 
of human consciousness and freedom. So you could say to your friend there, you've got the, you've got a conscience, you have the freedom to deny your soul. It doesn't deny your soul. It just makes you ignorant of your soul. Um, uh, so the soul is the subject of human consciousness and freedom. Soul and body together form one unique human nature. Each human soul is individual and immortal, immediately created by God. The soul does not die with the body from which it is separated by death and which, um, and with which it will be reunited in the final resurrection. And it goes on. Uh, to discuss the creation of the human per, uh, person, you can read it on Catholic.com. What exactly is a soul? Is much, much more to be read. Look at the catechism. And your friend, um, you know, I can remember a time when I was probably in my agnostic years um, uh, that I didn't believe I have a soul either. I was just simply, simply ignorant. Not stupid, but ignorant, meaning I didn't know. I didn't understand. Um, uh, so have your friend do some reading and ask him um, how he would define a soul. If he doesn't think he has a soul, ask him what it is he doesn't have. Um, if he says, I don't believe we have souls, say, okay. What is a soul? What is it that you don't think you have? Let him try to define it. Uh, again, it's a very principle of life, our conscience, uh, what makes us alive, ability to think, even if we're atheists. So I don't know, Pat, how much that will help, but sometimes in challenging people with their own question, he says we have no reason to believe that we have souls. You could say, well, fine. What's the problem then? What What's... What's the difference if we have a soul or not? What is a soul? Let him try to answer that. <clears throat> we have Kurt on the line from Boston. Hello, Kurt. How are you, Mother Mary? I'm okay, my dear friend. How are you? <laughs> Good. You got plenty of hand sanitizer, I hope. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't have any, but we, we have soap. <clears throat> right. Same here. Same here. Like, well, you know about the Archdiocese of Boston, correct? The what? The Archdiocese of Boston. The Archdiocese? No, I don't. Well, yeah. They, well, they I know about the history of it with uh, the Cardinal and, and all of I, un- I understand the Archbishop. I understand that. And Bishop right. uh, Scharfenberger is there now. Is that what you're referring to? Well, yeah, yeah, Bishop Sean O'Malley. Well, he just closed down all the churches. Oh, Boston. I'm thinking of Buffalo. I'm thinking about Bishop Sean O'Malley closed down all the churches. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And my grandson goes Arlington Catholic. He's online right now doing his studies. But, um, oh, yeah, all religious houses. I can't go to confession. I can't do anything. You know something? I don't just think it's tragic. I think it's criminal. That is absolutely tragic how awful that is. Because, you know, it's funny, not to put emphasis on myself, but, of course, I was trying to go to Mass as much, as almost every day. I would just take one, because they had a 5 sure. Mass. So, so Friday, I go in, and my wife started to go, too, and they come out and they say, well, because of the coronavirus, there'll be no communion on the tongue. 
See, I always receive kneeling and on the tongue. I know. I remember yeah. that, Kurt. I remember. In fact, it's the so, opposite. It should be only on the tongue. Right. It's, ig- it's ignorance so, and, f- and unfounded fear is what it is. So um, my point is, and of course, I, I border on scrupulosity sometimes, but, you know, my anger is starting to get to me because I'm saying one thing I can't stand is somebody who is smart but has no common sense, and they try to use doctrine in such a way to, to condescend to you, if you get my drift. You know I get your drift, but this is not a matter of doctrine. There's no doctrine that tells any bishop, any priest, right. any cardinal, and the Pope himself to close right. churches. No doctrine whatsoever. And my, and my point is, of course I get the dispensation. It's not a mortal sin. I couldn't go to Mass yesterday. Neither could my grandson. Neither could any of us, right? So I said, okay. So, of course, I probably said, two rosaries, I watched the Mass two or three times, and, you know, and I asked my grandson, at least say a decade of the rosary. You've got to take some time to put some prayers together. You understand me? You don't just rattle them off. You put some effort to it, because think of what you're saying them for. So by saying that to him, I'm fulfilling my obligation as the guardian for him, correct? Right. Okay. Well, you know what's very important, Kurt, um, then we're going to go to yeah. other callers, dear one. Um, yeah. What's very important, um, and I heard two priests say this, that um, uh, who haven't closed their churches, but that sometimes the saints have told us that a spiritual communion, which all of us could make from home, of course, now, I'm not supporting That's churches being closed, yes, But a good spiritual communion, um, we've been told, uh, can be more efficacious than receiving our our Lord if our heart is not as well disposed. So that's a very good thing to know. And I would urge everyone with Kurt's call here to go online. Yes, Kurt, go online and make what just hold on a minute, just to go online every single one, whether your church is open right now or not and print out or, or copy down and learn a very good uh, spiritual communion to say in your heart uh, at home. Go ahead, Kurt. Okay. Okay, so that I will do because, you know, in this, in this atmosphere of the Catholic Church, you know, you're not getting the faith, and, and I'm not judging anybody's faith or, or anything else, but... I guess my whole point is, if this is such a, a, quote, pandemic, then I'm surprised the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops just don't come out with a blanket decree with this. If you feel that for some mental reason or whatever, you have a dispensation, but do not close the churches. That's, what that's exactly say. right. Dispensation, I said at the, at the beginning of the program, that's a fine thing. And so if someone's afraid, if they're sick, if they're elderly, if they're right. weak, uh, it doesn't have to be a mental issue, just a physical issue. It could be just fear. Don't worry about it. Make a spiritual community at home. But people That's shouldn't right. be stopped from going. Kurt, I need to go to the other callers. You're a okay. dear soul, okay. and we need to pray for each other during this time. Definitely. Keep me in your prayers. Thank you, my love. Thanks, sweetheart. Uh, John from Kentucky, are you there, dear one? 
Yes, good morning, Mother. Good morning, John. Um, I, I, I asked your screener if I could tell a real quick personal story. Go um, ahead. Some, tw- some 20 years ago when I was living in Garden Grove, California, I went to a parish that had like 7,000 families. And I was going through a real conversion at at one of the, you know, during that time. And pretty soon I started a profound bow. Then I went down on one knee. Then I went down on two knees and was receiving communion on the tongue. And I was, to my knowledge, the only one doing it. And so that didn't make any difference to me because I was receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. And um, I was chastised for that just about by everyone. I was going to trip somebody. It went on and on and just on. Just tell them to keep and, their distance from you. Right. And and not figuratively, but literally. My family um, contacted a psychiatrist. And oh, me my goodness. To, this is insane. This is right. That's that. They are the ones that are insane. Oh, John, I'm so sorry. That's you went right. I, that. mean, I mean, it literally happened, and it, and it, it, it changed my whole relationship with my family and yes. friends. And they, they just were don't understand. Going, yeah, they don't they understand. Gonna, they were even going to pay for it, Mother. Wasn't that kind? And the last few days, I have been pretty amazed at the fact, and I'm sure you've noticed it, that what is all this talk now in the Catholic world about communion in the hand or communion on the tongue? Isn't it amazing how it's just kind of gone around the horn? I'm not receiving communion in my hand. Period. I'm My, done with that. I know, John. Same here. I know. Uh, it's but just anyway. awful for me to even think about it. You know, dear one, uh, the solution could simply be that you go find a Latin parish. Then you won't be uh, the odd one out. Right. Well, well, well. I, I moved from there 20 years ago. Um, I attend mass. Well, I'll tell you, I attend mass at the Fathers of Mercy in Auburn, Kentucky. So I have no problem. Oh, very good. You know, that's beautiful. Okay, and I I'm so love glad. you, Mother Miriam, and I quote you all the time, and I do tell people every once in a while that Mary, Mother Miriam thinks that the time is short. And it is I do. Short. I do. I do. I do. And I think, in fact, God has kept us keeping, uh, kept us thinking that for 2,000 years, by the way, because if you read the scriptures in the uh, St. Paul to the Thessalonians, they were already packed with their bags on the roof waiting for right. the second coming. And he said, get down and go to work, you know. So, but I think this is, uh, as everyone, it's not my own assessment. It is unique and it, it could be quite short. Indeed. Uh, we, But personally, we need to live every day as if it's our last. God every God day God as if it's a You too, my dear brother. And uh, Kristen, I see you're on the line, sweetheart. We're going to go for a break, and then we'll come right back and take your call. And anyone else, feel free to call in during the break. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at We'll be right back.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Hi, this is Jim Wright, President of the Station of the Cross. Our 2020 Spring Appeal is officially underway. Please consider a sacrificial donation to help us spread the gospel. The theme of our appeal is Changing Lives in 2020. In the coming weeks, you may receive a mailing that shows the great gifts you can receive as a Spring Appeal donor. You can also view the gifts by visiting thestationofthecross.com. Your generosity will help us develop our programming, expand our outreach efforts, and continue to grow. To support our mission, please call 1-877-711-8500, 1-877-711-8500, or go to thestationofthecross.com. Use the donation page from your iCatholic Radio mobile app, or use a return envelope from one of our mailings. Your support will change lives in your community and beyond. Thank you, and may God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. It's our last segment. I'm thrilled to be with you. And you have a good 10 minutes if you still would like to call with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or the email address is mother at thestationofthecross.com. My friend, Christine. Kristen, are you still on the line? I am, Mother. Can you Uh, hear me okay? I can hear you loud and clear, dear one. Good to talk with you. Yes, and before I get to my question, it might help, Kurt. Do you have a copy of um, Pope Benedict XVI's Emeritus letter, which states unequivocally that um, all Catholics, everyone, always, always, always has the right to receive Holy Communion on the tongue? I don't know that I have that letter, but I know it's true. Uh, and well, the church I'll, I'll has send you that. a copy. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you a copy, and that way you can have it up for all the callers that are yes. having trouble. Thank you, Kristen. I would, suggest, I would mm-hmm. suggest that those um, who are in diocese and archdiocese where they are no longer allowed to attend Mass because they've stopped saying Mass, I think Our Lady and Our Lord maybe are helping us with a little transparency, and it's time to move to a diocese where the bishop has the faith. And those of us who are in dioceses where the bishop has the faith, 
we're going to extra masses and praying for everybody else who God is bless you. locked up. God bless you. Well, God bless you, We Kristen. are so grateful. Yeah. How can, I mean, it is so unthinkable. It, it's a horrible, it's the worst punishment you can have not to be able to go to mass. Yeah. And I would leave the diocese instantly. I would mm-hmm. leave the parish instantly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good sign to people that it's time to move. You know, well, you, you know, Kristen, the roof. for you to say that uh, is, uh, I love it, but uh, <laughs> families cannot do what you can do as a single woman. So, you know, you, know, they can't. you know, mother, you know, families are, are amazing. It's amazing what families can do. Yeah, I know some families, but my, there's, there's my illness. Own there's... Family, <laughs> my own family, my own family drove, you know, a half an hour to a place where we could receive Holy Communion. Well, half hour is pretty feet. short for some. Some, we have people that come to our parish that drive two and a half hours. But the thing is, husbands, you know, can't just pick up and, and move to another diocese and have a job and support the family and there's illness and there's so many considerations. They own their home. It, it's not so, such an easy thing to do, but it's it's a good thing to consider uh, if we can. But Kristen, you had a different question, didn't you? Yes. I wanted to ask you um, if you had thought of um, recommending, especially to, I think it was Jim uh, who was asking about the soul. Um, it it yes, might Pat. be helpful. Mm-hmm. When he when he has a call, um, not a caller, but someone when anyone has a someone who is atheist or agnostic or yeah. simply non-believing, to recommend that they read Aristotle's De Anima because all living things, all there living things, have a soul. The fact and, that we say animal means that you the go. dog has a soul, but it is Perfect. not a human or a rational soul. That's right. And it's, the it's proof, a, that's why I said the, the soul is the principle of life, but I didn't go on to right. plants and animals, but no, every living I, I thing has that, a soul. Yes, I caught that, and I thought, he's not going to catch that, and his uh, his friend is going to come back and attack him. Yeah. But if he says, look, there is natural proof from natural reason, this is not right. revealed. I mean, it is revealed, but it doesn't, if you don't want to accept revelation, read Dayanima, the proof, the logical proof is yeah, there. Yeah, very good. That's Aristotle on the soul. There's three, Aristotle says, three degrees of the soul. You probably know this, Krista, but for everyone else, the nutritive soul soul is for plants the sensitive soul is animals and the rational soul human beings nothing lives that doesn't have a soul it's the principle of life it what's it's what makes them uh what they are so uh, this would be a wonderful study for someone to look up aristotle and the soul truly wonderful pat i hope you're still listening uh kristen b has, has just been a great help to us god bless you my friend Yes, Mother, and I I hope you're not planning to go anytime soon and that God is not planning to take you anytime soon. I think our, our recent popes thought we had quite a bit of time left to go. They called the coming age the new advent, which sounds like we have quite a bit of time left to go. Well, I've asked God to let me live at least 500 years, so I'm not planning on going anywhere either. That's perfect. <laughs> okay. God bless you, Kristen. God bless you. We have a text from Ellie. Ellie says, there are people who really like what Pope Francis has been saying, but there are others, even high-ranking clergy, who disagree with some of the things that the Pope is saying. How seriously should we take Pope Francis's fallible teachings? Well, 
if you say his, and then she says, or uh, what is our responsibility to these teachings? If not everything the Pope says is infallible, how should we lay people know when the Pope is speaking infallibly and when he isn't? Well, when you say how seriously should we take Pope Francis's fallible teachings, well, uh, the, the, the doctrine of the infallibility of the Pope Sometimes people confuse it with impeccability, which means the Pope has no sin and can make no error. That's not true. He's a man like us, and he can sin, and he can make error all the time. The only time, the gift of infallibility is actually a negative gift. It's not what God gives the Pope, so to speak. It's what he prevents the Pope from doing. When And this is how you can know when the Pope is speaking infallibly. When the Pope declares that a particular matter of faith and morals is infallible and binding on the faithful. It's what we must believe, faith and morals. Then it, what happens is that, uh, to rightly say it, it's not that the, the God has made him speak truthfully. It's that God has prevented him from error, and therefore the church is protected. So whenever a pope speaks infallibly that we need to know and obey, ex-cathedra or ex-cathedra from the chair of Peter, and he makes it binding on the faithful, and there are very few pronouncements through 2,000 years that have been binding on the faithful, that we must believe we know it's the gift of the Holy Spirit in protecting the church and leading her further into truth. Uh, nothing new under the sun, but into the understanding or the development of the faith. So everything else the Pope says, which is about, at the moment, since he's been Pope, 100% of what he says, he's declared nothing infallible, um, or binding, rather, then it's all subject to error. It is all subject to error. So when we know that the Pope is teaching against the faith, against the scriptures, against what, if, I'm not saying he is, but when we know that, um, against the teaching of the 2,000-year-old church, we must not believe that. We must not act on it. We pray for the Pope in that case, um, and we thank God that it's not uh, anything that's been binding on us, because it's when I looked into the church for uh, my five-year search, I said to my brother David, who was Catholic before me, um, what if any truth could ever be changed? And my brother said to me, find it. If you find it, it means it's not the church. But of course, there's no way to find anything that is a truth that has been changed and called error. So um, I hope that helps you, Ellie. Um, the other thing you could do is get uh, Ludwig Ott, O-T-T, his book, Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, and it will give you the degree of certainty and infallibility of the different truths that we hold. Okay, God bless all of you. There's our closing music, and we will be with you tomorrow. Live your faith with all your heart and beg your bishops not to close the churches and not to do away with the masses. Beg them, beloved. We'll speak to you tomorrow.